Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Welcome to episode 262. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner's endeavor, Ken Pullen. And Ken, this week we have the trans shooter, Trump heading to the clink, the stalking law update, the ATF descends on a local gun shop, the new currency push, and Cine DA. How you doing, brother? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm on the right side of the grass. Well, speaking of grass, uh, not not the kind of people smoke, but as soon as <laughs> as soon as the grass starts growing every year, I get the worst allergies. So if you, uh, so I'm starting to feel it down here uh, in the part of the in part of Georgia I live in. Allergies are starting to get to me a little. Well, I, I prescribe two weeks in Florida. That'll help. <laughs> yeah, I, I might, just, just I might just, need to try get, that. Yeah, go, go get in the salt air. Trust me, I'm a doctor. <laughs> Well, I'm still waiting for my fishing invite, so we'll have to we'll have to try that out one day. Yeah, me too, and I own the damn boat. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to I was talking to somebody about that yesterday. He's uh he he's he's a contractor like I am. He's he's actually on the engineering side. And uh we were kind of commiserating cuz he he's a he likes taking his camper out like man, when when I have the money, I don't have the time. And vice know, versa. We- we bought a camper a couple of years ago, and I think that I think whenever we take it out now, it actually costs more than staying in a hotel room. We've used it so infrequently because I had to buy now, a camper and a truck to to pull it with. I I did have a, a customer down here, and this was really smart. They have a couple kids. Uh, she was going back back to school to get her master's for for education. So it's not that they certainly weren't poor. It's just the uh, the being very money wise. So. They would take their camper down to Disney. I guess it's called Fort Wilderness. And once you're in the park, you have access to all the pools that are within Disney. Yep. So they would stay in the camper and the kids didn't care. And then, you know, they'd get a day in the park because you know, obviously these park tickets are outrageous. But the rest of the time, they would they would hit the hit the pools and stuff. All over. I, mean, I thought that was a really good way of, of giving yeah, your kids yeah, the so- vacation experience without... Without spending, uh, the last number I heard for somebody was like fifteen grand. Yeah, Disney. That there was a report a couple of weeks ago released said Disney was the most expensive vacation you can take nowadays as a family. Now I would challenge that because I just bought tickets to Scotland for the summer, and after my wife, <laughs> after, yeah, after the after four or five plane tickets and Airbnbs for a couple of weeks, I think we I think we put Disney to shame. Yeah, did you, did you buy premium select on Delta? <laughs> no, we've already talked about this. I, we ride in not all the way in the back, but we're not up front in the uh, premium lay down seats, lay down flat seats. Well, those are uh, sometimes like seventeen thousand dollars. Yeah, it was for a round trip. But the premium, the premium select, I haven't been on one yet. I've I've got mine booked, but I figured with all the t- with all the travel you do, you'd have regional upgrades and all that stuff. Yeah, I get upgrades every so often, but probably not flying across the pond. Hopefully, we'll, well keeping our fingers crossed. No, and no, and it's really tough out of ATL because you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a, a diamond or million miler at, at oh, ATL. Oh, I know. Yep. I mean, right. uh, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna chat thing with with other Sky Miles members, and someone said they announced four million milers on the flight and one three million miler on the flight. <laughs> 
It's like, I, that's why you don't, you're not getting upgraded out of Atlanta. I've got 400,000 lifetime miles and it feels like I, I fly all the time. I can't imagine getting a million miles. That's just, yeah, I, think I can't a, even That's a lot of that. people cro- crossing the pond. It is. It is. Uh, my wife had a client who uh, was on some sort of cultural board in Spain. Uh, so he flew back and forth from Atlanta to Madrid a, a dozen times a year. Yeah, I don't mind flying he also, over. He also I don't mind coming tri- back. Flying over is rough on me. Uh, jet lag really gets you when you go across the pond. There's a picture of an old couple in Venice uh, sleeping in the uh, uh, on the gondola. <laughs> and it says, you know, take your vacations while you're still young. And I thought, having been, been to Europe a few times, what a great idea. You find a cheap activity, allows you to, because you usually land in the morning. You can't check into the afternoon. Right. Go drop your bags at the at the uh, at the hotel, and go get in a gondola ride and sleep for three hours. <laughs> good plan. But, but we, did take, we did take a gondola ride last summer, and I think it was seventy five dollars for half an hour. I was. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure how cheap that adventure is, but yeah, I get your point. <laughs> oh, we when we landed in Madrid, we just we they finally took took pity on us. <laughs> We're sitting in the lobby, sleeping with our, you know, uh, with the, you know, bags around me, and and uh, uh, I'm kind of psycho about that, so I've got a bag touching a part of my body, so I'm, you know, <laughs> sprawled out with with like the the handles and stuff looped around me, so someone just can't steal it. And <laughs> uh, uh, and they they finally look over there, like this is not a good look. You got some fat guy snoring, and like, okay, your room's ready, senor. <laughs> now the question is, do you allow your wife to check a bag when you all travel? Are you one of the one of these guys that nobody can check a bag. No, <laughs> no, no. My wife treats me like a Sherpa. <laughs> no, man. Uh, uh, we'll end up checking four bags, two carry-ons. Uh, and of course the personal item. Very nice. Yeah. I'm a bag checker now. I like my strategy on flying now is to get on last. So I'll wait until every person has boarded the plane they're about to close the doors and they go, Mr. Pullen, if you don't board now, you're getting left. And I just hop on. So you walk straight to your seat, sit down and you're gone. But you have to check a bag for that strategy to actually work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, and I grew up that way. I grew up as, as a Delta brat. So that, we didn't, we didn't carry bags through, through the airports. You may miss two <laughs> yep. or three flights, so, you know, so my, you, my you, dad was a Delta uh, retiree. Yeah. So you get, you, you still have pass privileges then. We do, but we never use them. It's too tough to yeah, fly. Yeah, me I, 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 I have them. They're, they're, they have, no, they're too much of a pain. And yeah, I, we now used to I, fly I, when people smoked on the airplanes, if you remember that. It was ashtrays oh, yeah. and dad would light up a light up a cigarette on the airplane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember when they moved it to the back of the plane. We were on a flight to yes. Hawaii, LAX to Honolulu. And because there was a bunch of us, they stuck us all together. Well, they stuck us in the back of the plane and people were coming back from first class and sitting on the armrest, <laughs> on my armrest. And I was a kid, you're talking about a 10 year old kid, come back there and sit on the armrest and, and, and light up a cigarette. Nice. That's what we, <laughs> that's what, that's what you call poor man's first class is when is. everybody gets their own, their own row and they can lift their, lift the armrests up and, and stretch out. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's six <laughs> one. I don't, I don't, I can't stretch out anywhere on an airplane. So Braves, Braves did win their opener. Yeah, yesterday was, uh, well, you know. As we record, it was, it was yesterday, but yeah, it was yeah. Thursday. Yeah, so it'll be three or four games in the books by the time this drops, but the Braves did win an opening day game, so you can't 
win them all unless you win the first ones. It's looking good so far. Sloppy. And I had to listen to it on the radio because I, I was I was working. Uh, but it sounded sloppy, and we lost Freed for probably the next start at least. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, how was the speed of the game? I know Major League put a lot of new rules in to speed the game up. Do you know how long I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to watch one. Okay. Because again, I was especially when I'm going from from call to call, and my my phone's ringing every time my phone rings, the radio shuts off. So I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to actually watch one to, to come up with an opinion. But this not being a sports show, <laughs> we have the Covenant Christian School shooting. This happened uh, last Monday, I think. Yes, very sad. Covenant Christian School up in Nashville. Uh, Audrey Hell came into that school. Gunned down. I don't know any other way to say it. Three students uh, and three administrators were killed when she came in uh, the school. Okay. She broke through a door to do that. So and very, I heard that sad. one of the students, one of the students, died pulling a fire alarm. Yeah, and I've got one of my fr- one of my good friends I used to work with lives in Nashville, and I knew she had young children up there, so I instantly called her and asked her if she was okay. And they were in a school a couple of miles down the street, but I think it's really. You know, it's affected everybody this week. And if you lived in Nashville with young children, I can't imagine what, what you're going through this week. Oh, yeah. And look, and Hale got herself popped in 15 minutes. Which, it was really hard for me to watch the video of the police officers going into that school. But there were two guys. Uh, one of the officers was a, a Marine Corps veteran. His name was Michael Colazzo. I hope I pronounced that right. And there was another 27-year-old police officer named Rex Engelbelt or Engelbert. To watch those guys go down the hallway with the precision they did, you could hear the shooter firing shots in the background, and they literally went into a room. And it's just, it, you can't describe it, but the first guy three times, he shot her three times, I think, and then the second guy came through with a pistol and finished the job. It was unbelievable the courage those guys showed going down the hallway and finding her and, and putting her out of her misery. Let's just say that. I'm glad they did what they did. And if the guys in Uvalde, the police department, would have showed the same level of courage out in Texas a couple months ago, we wouldn't have lost near as many young, young children. Yeah. Uh, there was also Broward County Sheriff's Department before that. Yep. You know, it's brought up yeah. is. You know, it's brought up a couple. I've, I've been talking to a lot of people this week about it. You know, the instant reaction from my friends was, well, what can we do about this? And I'm always scared when people get into situations like this and we start asking the government to solve problems. It feels like a lot of people are looking to the government to solve this problem of, of mass shootings. I don't think that's the right way to look at this, Dave. And, and then, you know, the gun confiscation crowd, without even mourning the children that were killed or just instantly went to confiscation and let's get assault weapons out of people's hands, even though they can't define what an assault weapon is. Yeah. And your boy Massey got into it. He did. Thomas Massey, who one of our friends, Matt Gertler is a representative in Georgia. He used to be a representative in Georgia. He's his chief and, staff. And, and Matt had been on the show, had been on the show before. Yeah. Matt's been on show. He, he's chief staff for Thomas Massey and he really got into a heated argument outside of Congress couple days after this uh, with a, with a Democrat that was basically went down the confiscation route and we've got to take all firearms away. And uh, yeah, yeah, look, I don't know. I don't know a problem that the government has solved. 
in my lifetime, they're sure not going to solve this problem. Uh, and I, I get real nervous when people start saying, you, Mr. Government, please come in and either solve these problems or Mr. Government, you know, the mental health discussion is something that's very much needed to occur because this girl obviously was had mental health conditions. But we can, you know, the government's not going to solve any of these problems. We have to figure out as a society how to how to address mental health. And right now it's not being addressed at all, I don't think. Yeah, and we have we've not seen the manifesto, if there is one. You know, it, <clears throat> I'm I'm of two minds on this. As somebody who dabbles in the media like 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 we do, um which very, very little bit is you dip the, you know, the small toe in a, with a talk show on, on a podcast every week, but uh, the information should be freely available, but I also don't want to glorify these things. I, you know, you, you want to find a way to not give give oxygen to those ideas because the next, next nut finds that's the way to get my message out. That's right. a, you know, it's a delicate dance and it's something that, the press used to do. They used to show discretion, uh, good, better, and different. But most people never knew that FDR was in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Most people didn't know about about JFK's bad back. You know, there were days he, he couldn't he couldn't move. He, injuries he sustained on a PT boat one hundred nine. Uh, so they used to show discretion, and they don't anymore. I I, I hope. My curiosity makes me want to read it, but, you know, the adult in me says that we shouldn't give oxygen to that sort of stuff. Yep. No, I agree with you on that. And a lot of people are calling, you know, one of the things that school did not have is security. They didn't have armed police officers at at school, which I think I heard that this girl actually cased out this school because they were soft on security. And a lot of people are calling for more school funding. And if you look at it, We've got, I just pulled the stat up, 115,000 schools in the United States. If we gave every school $200,000 for security, that would only be $23 billion a year. I know that number sounds big, but we've given Ukraine so far over $100 billion. So I think you can really look at where the government spends their money to see what their priorities are. So for $23 billion, Every single school in the U.S. could have had $200,000 to provide more enhanced security measures. But instead, our priorities are, are let's give $100 billion to, to a country across the, across the pond. So I think we got to look at priorities in, in regards to that. It's also a parental choice in this case because this school is a private school. It's a Christian it school, a Presbyterian. Uh, so... You hate to say that the kids would have been safer at public school, but there may have been a resource officer. But I don't know that a resource officer could move any faster than 15 minutes because those, those two police officers were fast. You're right. And crime is, you know, if, if I've always said if people want to, as if people want to do a crime bad enough, something like this, they're going to find a way to do it, even if there are, like you said, school resource officers in a building. But I think it deters. And I think that's what we need to do is deter someone like this girl from coming in, doing an act like this to, uh, the school that's left really undefended. Yeah, I'd love to see a, a school secretary, or whoever sits at the front, see someone come in with a gun and, and pull out hers and pop them right there as he walks through the door and go, "Not, hey, not today, not my kids." Yeah, you know, I, I, the the arming of school teachers, I I, I absolutely support. 
if they if they want it. It's not a mandatory program. Right. It's if they go through the go through the training. People don't know pilots carry guns. Not all of them, but it's it's an FAA program through uh, through uh, Homeland Security, and they have to qualify every year. and And I know a few pilots, and I know a couple that that do carry. They probably need to with all the crazies on the airplanes nowadays. I hardly fly without somebody causing a, a scene on an airplane. I don't know what's get off of Southwest. <laughs> yeah, if you fly Spirit and uh, what's the other low cost airline? Uh, JetBlue. They, yeah, JetBlue. Any of those, you see a lot more issues than, than Delta. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, we need to definitely so, keep an eye on this this school shooting. See what comes out of this. Very, very sad situation. A divided federal government is about the best thing we can hope for as gun owners. Uh, if if you if you swap that, you put Republican, Republican, Republican. We've already seen what Donald Trump does with that stuff. He overreacts, just like he did the slide fire stock out of Vegas. Speaking of Donald J. Trump, uh, he has been indicted. Uh, I think the number you have on here is 34. It sounds like indicted uh, on 34 charges. Yeah. Uh, and even that shouldn't be, shouldn't be released. Uh, it, it's a sealed indictment until, until he's formally charged, which, which is going to happen Tuesday, tomorrow as the show drops. And I will be in New York City with the family. So I, we fly back Tuesday night, but it will be interesting to see what New York is like Monday and Tuesday leading up to President Trump turning himself in. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, what kind of zoo is it going to be? <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to Lower Manhattan on Tuesday morning, but uh, I'm just very interested to see what the environment and see if there's any protest in the city over the weekend. Well, he is not going to be handcuffed. Uh, from what I've said, what I've seen, uh, the Secret Service is having a meeting uh, or had a meeting as the show drops last Friday, but uh, we're not getting any news out of it as, as we record. But Secret Service, the uh, NYPD, uh, uh, the court officers and the DA's office are all coordinating how to do this safely. So will we get a mugshot out of this arrest? I assume yes. He, yes? He, uh, from, from what I read, does not sound like he's going to the jail. Okay. He's not getting an orange jumps, jumpsuit as much as anybody, everybody wants it. So he'll, he'll have uh, on his blue suit and red tie in the mugshot? I reckon. I wonder if they'll put a white... Uh, cloth over the top of him. I'm sure they don't want him in a mugshot dressed like a, a presidential, like he does as president most of the time. Right. Well, he, uh, it sounds like the investigators in the DA's office will handle the the arrest, the fingerprinting uh, photo, and then release him. And then I guess he'll get an update on what the 34 charges are. Wow. Who could think hooking up with one skank <laughs> could cause all this much problem? I mean, unless you marry her, that's something that, that's a totally different problem. It costs you way more than one hundred thirty-eight thousand. He supposedly he supposedly paid. Well, I mean, is it going to cost him, or is this is this propelled him to the Republican nomination for president in twenty twenty four? I think this just closed the deal, right? There's a can anybody there's, beat Trump now for the Republican there, nomination? There's a couple theories on that. One is they're bleeding him; they're bleeding him dry. He's got 34 counts in New York. Uh, we expect any day for Fannie Willis to drop an indictment here in Fulton County. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and what, what this will do is, do I, <clears throat> do I think you're going to see Trump in an orange jumpsuit being led off to prison? Highly doubt it. But it, it, it could drain his resources. It could. It'd be a big distraction. Uh, and, and that was a question that I had, I had to look up before the show is, could you serve as president or go through running for president if you were uh, convicted of a crime? And the only qualifications, I had to look back at the Constitution on this, the only qualifications for presidents got to be 35, a U.S. resident for 14 years, a natural-born citizen. So the Supreme Court intentionally said you cannot impose any additional qualifications on a person running for office. So Trump could win president could be indicted, convicted of a crime, and actually could be sitting in jail and be president of the United States. I don't know what that means for our system today, but it could happen. All I could think of is El Chapo sitting uh, sitting in his cell, just surrounded by, you know, all this luxury, but it is technically a a, a door. <laughs> yeah, and we wonder does Secret Service go to jail also with Trump, uh, or does he have an ankle monitor on in the White House? All very good questions as 2024 if, if he does not win, I think his Secret Service protection is at the discretion of the sitting president. Hmm. It's guaranteed for so many years after you leave office. I don't know if it's one or two years. It has been the tradition to allow a Secret Service detail to be with former presidents until they die. It's obviously not the same detail they had when they're in office. Uh, and it sounds like President Biden has been completely silent on this so far. I haven't heard a peep out of him. He's probably having his ice cream uh, in the basement of the White House, but that's uh, a cheap shot. But uh, he hasn't said anything about this. So it's going to be interesting to see what tone he takes. Well, he, 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 he was standoff. asked. Ah, he was, he was asked. asked. Okay. What did he say? As he was walking to the helicopter, I, I think it was Peter Ducey asked him, he goes, I have nothing to say about Trump. And just walked towards Marine <laughs> One. So he's... Yeah. That is probably the last thing somebody said to him before he was allowed outside where the reporters were is say nothing about Trump. Yes, I, I do. I mean, I, to go back to the 2024 race, I think this cements his place as a Republican nominee. Even though I'm a big Ron DeSantis fan, I'm not sure DeSantis can, uh, can win now with this happening. And I'm not sure he could before either, but I think this just cements his place as the yeah, I mean, look, had Trump done what I wanted him to do, which is leave office, go build your library, go be retired, enjoy Playoff. all the perks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Trump's 78 uh, now, so we talked about this. When he runs for office again, he'll be, well, he's 76 now. He'll be 78 in 2024, and Biden actually will be 82 in 2024. So we're going to have a 160 years worth of two old guys running for office. Right. And both of them trying to prove who's more spry. <laughs> you know, uh, Biden's in better shape physically, but Trump actually knows where he is when he wakes up in the morning. Yep. You know, yeah, I have a feeling someone, someone goes into the Biden bedroom and goes, Mr. President, he goes, where, where? <laughs> so, <laughs> this, it, it <laughs> It's interesting times in which we live. It, it really is. And it's, it's, it is ugly out there. Yeah, you just uh, got to wonder how the rest of the, the rest of the world's view in the United States. When the rest of the world's on fire. Like this are occurring. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree, but it's uh, what a mess. I mean, what a mess. All right. So one of the things that we did get out of this last session, we have off, we're obviously past CNADA. House Bill 302, sponsored by uh, Layman Franklin. Uh, so what this what this fixed was the law made a, a differentiation between a stalker or an abuser who cohabitated or had a child with somebody and someone who did they never which they never cohabitated. Mm-hmm. So, what what these and overwhelmingly vic- women, but what these victims had to do was they could get a TPO fairly easily, right? Uh, but when the when the stalking charge went up, especially if it was not aggravated stalking, the the judges uh, would give a TPO for the length of the sentence, including the probationary period, which is two years. But this victim would have to go through hiring a lawyer and jump through hoops through the civil process to get a get a permanent t, uh, get a, a PTO, I guess, or PPO, permanent protective order. TPS reports is the only thing that comes to mind on that from from office space. Um, <laughs> so it put an additional burden on someone who's already victimized. It definitely and had put and, and and puts it puts a put them in a position where they have to negotiate with the, with the abuser. You know, like things are going to go a lot easier if you go ahead and sign this. I mean, but it, but it, it's a negotiation with with the attorney of the of the of the abuser. Yeah. So, so one of our yeah, so I was going to say one of our friends, Jessica. He, show and a good friend of Dave and I both, Jessica Salaji, she talked to Representative Franklin about this and said that what the law really needed to do is after the conviction, if the person so chooses, then that actual order can be a permanent protective order. So not just two years at most, like you said, Dave, but we can now have a permanent, basically restraining order against the person. Uh, so very good change. So this was this bill was eighteen lines. I think the meat of the bill is about four lines, and it passed unanimously in the Georgia House. So kudos for uh, a citizen like Jessica reaching out to the representative, understanding there's a need for a, a change in the law, and actually getting that accomplished. I mean, this is a really really great thing on her behalf, and it just shows that you can make a change if you you know lobby your representative. Yeah, get involved. Have them know who you are. Yeah, get involved. Yeah, they should know who you are if you call them and ask them for this. So yeah, I mean, I, so many people complain about stuff, and, like, and you ask them, "Who's your state rep?" They go, "Oh." Yep. So I applaud Jessica for doing this. And each step, each state rep in Georgia represents about fifty-five thousand people. That's so it. Sounds like a lot, but you can get to know your state rep. You know where they have. Uh, you know, one of our friends, Martin. Probably everybody in his area knows where the guy eats breakfast in the morning. So you can always go sit down with them. Talk to them, uh, show them the law, and see if you can get it changed. So, kudos to Jessica on this. This is very much needed and will help out a lot of women in the state of Georgia. And and to the credit of of everybody up there, is eighteen lines, one piece of paper. <laughs> oh, I know, one piece of paper, which is amazing. And that's how most bills which, should be. Most bills should be one pagers, not two hundred pagers like some of them become. I should be able to, read, to sit down and read what you, especially if you're changing a law. I understand if you're creating an entire new code section, that's something different. When you're updating a law, I should be able to sit down and read it in five minutes and go, oh, okay. 
easily goes, understand it. Yes. What happens so often is these bills are so long, people don't read. They read the 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 summary. And the they summary, the summary of course, and they read it, that. Yeah, in the Georgia, you know, you read the summary, and you you read the whip report. That's what they call it. That the the leadership and the, both the Republican and Democrats give you, and the, the whip report basically says. This is why this bill's great and you need to vote on it, or this is why this bill stinks and you need to vote against it. And the, the representatives don't read the bills, they just read the whip report. And that's how most people vote. So I love this because it's actually one page and you can read it and understand what it's doing. Yeah, exactly. And it actually does something to, to protect victims. I hope I didn't get anybody in trouble by talking about the whip reports. I know uh, I'm a little too. <laughs> direct sometimes on the show, but that is what happens to a lot of legislation. <laughs> it's, well, it's impossible to read. It is. Uh, it's impossible it's, to keep up with every bill that's going on. So you and, 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 the, and the bill that I read in January that I think is really good is a totally different bill by the time we get to crossover day. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that can definitely happen. And that's, and that's, happen, that's happening daily as, as committees are, are and, and each member has his own committees to go to. Yes, and, the, really? and the, the key words in these bills, we, we always laughed about it, but it was like shall or may. And you can replace a may with a shall or a shall with a may and completely change the meaning of a bill or a law that gets passed. Oh, absolutely. Oh, just, just like uh, concealed weapons permits used to be, which mm-hmm. was a may issue, which gave judges uh, discretion to right. a shall, unless there, you have a valid reason not to give, give this weapons license. Yeah, those are, two of the most, <laughs> those are two of the most important words in, in the legal and all the bills that get passed and in, in our law in the state of Georgia and probably at the state at the, at the uh, federal level also, but shall and may. Well, we have, speaking of guns, 16 ATF agents descend on Adventure Outdoors in Smyrna. Yes, if you know Adventure Outdoors, big, huge gun store in Smyrna. I've been there multiple times. It's where almost every statewide politician has an event. Ron DeSantis actually had an event two days after this occurs. So it's it's not a, a local gun store yeah, that you would never know that's there. This is big gun store. So like you said, 16 agents from all over the country, let's just say they raided a gun store. They wanted to understand and look at every single gun, every single serial number, and match all the stuff up with what they said. It's a kind of weird timing to me, Dave. It is, it is very odd timing. And, and if, and look, the history on adventure outdoors is, is rather interesting when it comes to legal stuff. Bloomberg came after them. Uh, before they built the, the big, they had a smaller store. I think the walls are still own that property, uh, but they had a smaller store and, now they're in what used to be a Win Dixie or something. It used to be a, a grocery store, so big gun store. Uh, Bloomberg went after him, suing him uh, because some guns that were bought at Adventure Outdoors were found in New York. Adventure okay. Outdoors had no control over that. You know, it's called a straw purchase. Right. Uh, they had no idea the paperwork was correct. But since then, if if you if you've bought a gun at Adventure Outdoors, they are meticulous with their with their paperwork. Look, Even to the never, point where. I've never bought Honestly, a gun be- where the people weren't meticulous with the paperwork. I don't know about you, but I've never been to a gun store and purchased a gun where they didn't do a background check, asked me for my concealed carry permit to see if I had one, or didn't run it through the background check system. I've, I've never... Well, they don't <laughs> run it through NICS if you uh, if you have a concealed weapons permit. Right. Uh, 
No, but the way Adventure Outdoors does it is you do the paperwork, uh, the guy selling you the gun checks it. And any other store, that's it. Then a supervisor comes over. He checks it. Then you're escorted to the front at the checkout, you know, it's like, it's like a grocery store. And the cashier looks at, looks at the paperwork. And then they have a, a manager come over, look, look at the paperwork before you walk out the door. Jeez. A lot of good checks. Well, it, it's, it's, it's CYA. Yep, that's what they want to do to stay in business and operate like, uh, like the government tells them to. And the Wallaces are good folks. Um, Eric is, is quoted in this. That's uh, Jay was the founder or is the founder. Uh, and Jay's still involved, from what I understand. Eric is the, I think, the oldest son, and I know, I know Jason, who who uh, kind of runs in, in my group of friends. Uh, he runs the, they own a couple pawn shops too. He runs the pawn shops, and Eric is uh, running, runs the Adventure Outdoors itself. But they're, but they're good family folks. They're, yeah. they, they had no plan on shipping guns to New York. Uh, they obviously are believe in the, the political process, and they obviously believe in the Second Amendment. So they host, they host a you know, game dinners for, to raise money for candidates. They, they, uh, uh, get, get out in front. And honestly, on the back end, it's pretty good advertisement. It is. It definitely is. But, uh, we had four members of Congress show up, which is curious how they knew this, they knew this was going to happen. Yeah. I'm not sure how they showed up at the same time, but yeah, Loudermilk, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Rich McCormick and Mike Collins all showed up. It spoke with ATF agents on the scene. So it was interesting how they all showed up together. Maybe maybe they, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Now, there could have been a phone call made to Adventure Outdoors and tell them, hey, listen, we're going to be, <clears throat> uh, we're going to be there tomorrow or we're going to be there Tuesday, whatever. Uh, we need you to go ahead and have all your paperwork ready for us. But it's fairly unprecedented to have 16 agents from all over the country descend on one shop and I, I, look and i know it's it, it, it's a big gun store um but th- that's a statement they're making yes it is they said they'd never had that many agents show up at once before i think it's typically four to eight that come in if they ever done these kind of checks but 16 is a big group yeah i mean so most small shops have one atf agent and they know that agent they they work with them uh and the ATF traditionally has not been the enemy of a, of a gun store. They're there to help you, help you stay in compliance is, the, is their idea. So they find stuff on paperwork that's messed up. They'll, they'll show you if it's obviously not egregious or it's not a, it's not a problem with your process that some, you know, one thing was missed or whatever. They're not there to shut you down. But when you, when you, when you bring a squad size element down, <laughs> I mean, that's, the only reason you bring 16 is you're hoping to get enough people confused, enough people separated from each other so that you can, you can get some mistakes. So if, so if Dave is in charge tomorrow, does the ATF remain in a federal agency or not? No. <laughs> Great it, it, answer. It's, it's I was a hoping you would store. say that. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure we were on the same page. That may be so one of the first have, ones I would eliminate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have uh, Brazil, Russia, India, and China working together to, vor- to develop a new reserve currency. Yes, I haven't been paying much attention to the story, but they call those countries BRIC, the BRIC countries, B-R-I-C. 
And what they're trying to do, and along with South Africa, is most of the countries across the world now use a U.S. dollar uh, as their reserve currency. So everybody buys treasury bonds, and that's what they keep around for their reserve currency. These countries are starting to work together, and they're, what they're really doing is forming a new world order. And, uh, and it's because there are emerging economic powerhouses, right? So China's growing, India continues to grow, Brazil's one of the fastest growing economies in the world. So all these countries are getting together saying, hey, we're not a big fan of the U.S. dollar any longer, and we're going to put together our own uh, reserve currency. So I think we've really got to take an eye or keep an eye on this because it seems like the U.S. dollar may be taking kind of a back seat, and it's it's going to be interesting to see how this goes over the next couple of years if countries start opting out of using the U.S. dollar as their reserve currency. Yeah, it's it's real interesting the way the way finance works like that. <clears throat> it's not it's not that. You know, you don't use euros in Europe. Of course, you do. It's it's the how their how their currency is valued is based on the dollar, right? So when you say a euro is worth a dollar ten, well, because the dollar is the benchmark. Mm-hmm. And it's not just our exchange rate, but it's since everybody's based off the dollar. When when they start pulling us away from that, what they're trying to do is pull our economic legs out from under us. Yeah, they definitely are. And these are these are, you know, Brazil is a, is a big energy producer. You know, China and India are big energy energy users. Mm-hmm. Big technology countries. Uh, that's where all the chips are coming from in these computers nowadays. And yeah, it's. Uh, I'll have to definitely keep an eye on this one to see where this goes. It's happening very quick. And I should have been paying more attention to it over the last few years. Yeah, well, that's when you start talking with the Chinese. Talking about they have a larger navy. Does that mean their navy's superior? No, it doesn't mean that. But their their space program's working. Their uh, 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 nuclear program is working. They're continuing to to produce nukes to go from uh, second strike capability to first strike capability. Uh, they've been they've been kiting our technology for years. Things that are developed here or developed in the West, they're developed in Germany, whatever. And once it gets shipped to China to mass produce, they they have it. I mean, that's it, it. There 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 is no private industry in China. No. Everybody works for the CCP. Mm-hmm. Everybody, even from the, the lady or the guy sweeping uh, leaves off the street, they're all employed by the CCP. Yeah, exactly, and and, and even the, <clears throat> the 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 head guy at TikTok. Who was getting grilled in front of Congress works for the CCP. Yeah, and he has to be very careful what he says, or when he goes back home, he'll never be seen again. There's, there's definitely been instances of people like himself saying the wrong thing on TV, and then they go on a permanent vacation back home. Yep. Yeah, life is very cheap in, in a communist country. I mean, you're either useful to the to the party or you're not. This is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over the georgiavirtue.com. And with that, Ken, this week you have the mule. Yes, I do. It's, not, it's actually Dr. Terry Sanderson. If you don't know who that is, this is the guy that's suing Gwyneth Paltrow 
Uh, for three, originally $3.1 million, it was dismissed. Then he sued her for $300,000. Supposedly, Gwyneth crashed into Dr. Terry Sanderson out on the slopes in Utah and caused him uh, to break four ribs and have a concussion. He lost his lawsuit, and Gwyneth actually won a dollar from Dr. Terry Sanderson. So this is one of the silly losses. This is so silly to me that Gwyneth is worth $30 million. I'm surprised she didn't pay this guy what he wanted. Uh, but took him to court, stood up for her rights, and actually won a dollar from him. Dave, I don't know about you, but every time my friends come back from skiing out west, they've all got broken ribs and concussions. So I'm not sure uh, if this is any different than what typical skiers have. Yeah, I don't ski. I, I, I've done it That's once. why I don't ski. Yeah, that's why I don't ski. Yeah, I went out to visit a buddy, and uh, he was he lived, he was, lived out in Colorado, I'm at the airport getting on the plane and I call him and say, hey, look, man, plane, the flight's on time. I'll see you in three hours, whatever it was. He goes, cool, I guess lift tickets. I said, who's lift? <laughs> he took me to the top of the mountain and gave me instructions. Put your toe in first and follow me. <laughs> that, was the only, that was the only instruction I had in skiing. And he, didn't take, he didn't take me to the bunny slope. He took me to the top of Breckenridge. <laughs> nice. Breckenridge is really high. Yeah, that's why yeah. I don't ski. I just, hey, too many of my friends come back with ACL tears, broken bones, uh, so skiing is a dangerous activity for us older guys. Yeah. I, I mean, look, the people who enjoy it, enjoy it, but you know, it took Sonny Bono from us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you, and I think it's, it, it, look, if you or I had crashed into this guy, nothing more would have been said besides, I'm really sorry. Are you okay? And that would have been it. Cause we're not worth 300 million or 30 million, whatever she's worth. Uh, it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be worth suing me. I mean, you might sue the the the, the lodge or whatever if if something was unsafe and they should have marked something. But other than that, that's just the yeah, consequence this, of it. This guy was looking for a, a minute of fame, and uh, I don't think he got what he wanted. Yeah, well, I mean, he got the attention <laughs> for so, a brief moment. What did we get this legislative session? Yeah, so we kind of broke this up into two different areas. So what passed this legislative session and then what didn't pass this legislative session that people would recognize. So main thing, again, Georgia has to balance a budget or has to pass a balanced budget every year. So the budget did pass on day 40, $32.4 billion this year, Dave. Uh, I look back, it was $26.2 billion when I actually went into office in 2019, so a nice little 23% increase over the last four years in our state budget. Uh, but some of the highlights there, most families uh, will get a $500 rebate back. There's another billion dollars in state income tax refunds that's coming back to taxpayers. State law enforcement will get four to $6,000 raises. And once again, teachers get a raise. So teachers get a $2,000 raise, even though most don't support the governor's school choice bill. I always think that's ironic that we continue pouring money in when uh, when most don't support some key initiatives from the government. But hey, whatever. Yeah, uh, there's a great line in Ghostbusters where Dan Aykroyd says, "You've never been in the private sector. They expect <laughs> results." Oh, I mean, you would think any any good teacher would would love school choice. You would, and I've kind of soured on. I'm a little frustrated because school choice didn't pass this week. We can talk about that later, but yeah, we continue to give money 
into education and, and nothing is taking money out of education. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And there's no way truly to measure is our kids in Georgia getting better educated. Yeah, there is. Talk to one of them. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. All right. So we have uh, SB 63. Yeah. So I cut on a broadcast the other day, and this is one of the bills you'll see a couple every year that have a two or three hour debate on the House floor. This was one of the bills. It was by Senator Robinson in the Senate. It passed the Senate, picked up by Houston Gaines, Representative Gaines in the House. This is another tough on crime bill that the governor, that the uh, Republicans in the General Assembly have supported. So, what this, the main part of this bill is, it expands a list of crimes that require cash bail now. Background is you see a lot of DAs and a lot of judges in uh, throughout the throughout Georgia that are starting to just let people out of, you know, when they get charged with a crime, they let that person immediately out. So it's unsecured judicial release, right? They don't spend a minute in jail. They don't have to bond out. So what they ended up doing is adding, I think it was 15 to 17 new crimes that require a cash bail, which means you have to go in front of the judge and the judge has to give you a cash bail for you actually to bond out. So that was the background on this bill. It was a very controversial debate. Uh, but again, it goes towards this tough on crime that the Republicans in the General Assembly are going after. Yeah, I mean, some of those non uh, uh, nonviolent victimless crimes they included was possession of pot, which is un- unbelievable because most police officers I know don't arrest for simple possession of, of marijuana. And, and, and no, I'll tell you don't. why. Not anymore. It's, it's, not, it's not worth the effort. Now, look, if you're on the side of the road and you're just an a-hole, you may, and you give someone, give someone an excuse, and I hate to say that that's how things work, but you know things go a lot easier if uh, they, they, they take your dime bag or whatever and just stomp it out on the pavement and tell you to get on home. Mm-hmm. Um, failure to appear, you know, there's, yeah, a lawful assembly was one that there were a lot of questions on. And what does it mean to be unlawfully assembled? So there were right. a lot of Democrat questions on that. I think that was cracking down on protesters uh, that are unlawfully assembled. But, you know, what they're trying to do now is if you are unlawfully assembled, you have to go, you have to bond out. You can't just be immediately released on unsecured judicial release. Yeah, very tough on crime bill that which, got through. Which, and, which, which means a night in jail. It does. It means a night in jail or two nights in jail, depending upon when you. Oh yeah, you, I mean, got you get picked you, up. You get popped Friday night for simple, simple possession. The judge is not going to be in until Monday. Yeah, and that was the point of a lot of questions on the Democrat side of the house. Is jails are overcrowded already, so we're we're now almost dictating that everybody. You know, if you get picked up for marijuana, you have to go to jail now. And a lot of the jails are so crowded in Cobb County that they're sending people down to other counties, which is just going to increase the cost to the local jail system of having to transport people all over the place while they're waiting to get their cash oh, yeah. bail in front of a judge. And our brand new jail out in Paulding County, we, we take a, I won't say a lot, but it, when I see the, the mugshots come across, I'll see housed for Cobb, housed for Cobb, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Cobb County shipping people all over. So yeah, and we look, can use I, the money. I understand. Yeah, I understand what they're. I understand what the Republicans are doing with this. Do I think we need to have somebody go in front of a judge for marijuana possession now? I'm. I'm not sure about that. 
Uh, sex trafficking is in there. Uh, I have yet to hear of someone accused of sex trafficking, actual trafficking, uh, getting out on a on a handshake bond. Right, I agree with you. Uh, that's that's just not done. What group gets grouped in with sex trafficking is sex work. Right. So again, you're taking somebody who's already kind of marginalized in society as a as a uh, professional in the crotch arts, um, and putting her or him in in jail for a weekend or whatever, have to bond out when it's a it's a simple process crime. Uh, but it's, it, the Republicans, especially, conflate the two the two ideas of, of sex slavery and sex work. And you know what I what I said to that is if someone p- puts you out in the field and makes you work and doesn't pay you, that's slavery. If you take a job running a combine, that's work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we so have let, yeah. Let me read yeah. Let me read down through these real quick. Dave, jump in if you got any thoughts on these, but a transgender treatment bill, we've talked about that quite a bit, that passed this session. The prosecutor oversight bill, which was very interesting, that was the one that was really what Democrats were saying was targeting Fannie Willis up in Atlanta uh, for her grand jury going after President Trump. I think they're probably correct on that. I don't know what your thoughts are. No, that's the, it's the Dick Donovan bill. Oh, it's a Dick Donovan bill. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. And, and, and Di- yeah. And, Dick's <clears throat> a, is, and, that's, and Joseph's a gold who is who dropped it. Um, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It's, we had conversations when, when, when the, when the tapes came out, they came out two weeks before COVID really hit. So there was no time. There was a, there was a movement to, to start moving to, to uh, uh, get Dick out of office before he hit his 20 years, whatever it is, he gets his retirement from the state. But then COVID hits and all that got derailed. COVID hits and nobody's happier about it than Dick Donovan. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, um, so that, so that but, that's, but that's really the, could it be used against Fannie? Theoretically, I guess. But this really was, is the Dick Donovan bill where we had somebody who was costing the county a lot of money with lawsuits, with the sexual harassment stuff, uh, probably committed a crime and had, it, it ended up, he ended up pleading guilty and, and gave up his law license. But the process took so long, thanks to COVID, that he hit his retirement. The office was completely dysfunctional until we got Donovan out and got Rollins in just to, to really clean that office up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's, I, that's really the, gen, the biggest genesis of it. It's not, it's not Fannie Willis. Fannie's not that damn important. <laughs> All right. So another one, Hope Scholarship is now 100% funded if you maintain a B average. In the past, it was 80% funded. The only way you could get tuition 100% funded was making 1200 on your SAT. So now every kid that maintains a B average will get 100% tuition in Georgia. Uh, that was the change this session. Nonprofits can no longer fund election boards. This is the Facebook ban. If you remember, Facebook was had a nonprofit was then funneling money into county election offices in Atlanta. Uh, that's going to be interesting. They can't do that anymore. There's always a way. <laughs> there is always a way. I, I agree with you. And then the heavy truck bill got passed. That was a lot of controversy. It got passed, and I think this was actually after midnight on day 40. So 
session is supposed to end at midnight, but it stayed over for a few more minutes. This is where trucks can be ride down the road with more weight that they're carrying. And then a TikTok ban for government employees. So those were some of the major legislative items that got passed this session. Yeah, unlike the the TikTok stuff that's that's at the federal level, ours is specific to government-owned devices. Yep, which uh, we're to- totally in agreement with. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. They, they, they don't need Facebook TikTok. or anything else on there. That's your work computer. Do work. Your app. Yep, only. Yep, only if they need it to do their job. Exactly. All right. So what we didn't get, we did not get vouchers. Yeah, so Governor Kemp came out really strong on this voucher bill over the last couple of days before session ended. He went on Eric Erickson's show to throw his support, a couple of closed-door meetings with Republicans supporting this. Still couldn't get it through on day 40. There were actually 16 Republicans that voted no on this school choice voucher bill. You know, I think it was a big shock to everybody. They, uh, usually the governor gets what he wants and – with some arms up there in a good way, but could not get I, the uh, voucher bill through. It's not dead because it's, it's, it's the it's the same session. It can be brought right back up. It can. I mean, it can come up next year, but uh, the same fifteen that, or same sixteen that voted no are still going to be there next year. Well, they will, it's gonna, but it's going to be it's tough a, to in an election year if they if they if they get home. And again, we talked about getting involved with your with your reps. They get home and they hear from people from parents. Uh, it's just a, it, the the whole thing is ass nine. Now, do the public schools lose funding? Not per se, but do they lose money in their nutrition programs and and all the other federal programs that pay per child? Probably. Do better. Don't suck at what you do, and you'll make more money. Yeah, but I had a look. I had a superintendent years ago tell me that it wasn't the money that he was worried about in these type programs, and he was very honest with me. He said the reason I don't like private schools. It's because the private schools are taking my best students. So you're taking the best students away from the public schools and putting them into private schools. And yeah. that was that was his biggest knock on any type of voucher bill or any type of private then, school. Is then it, it is the money because when you lose the best students, you start losing federal dollars. That is true. Be- but, you, uh, but you lose leaders in that local school system that then you know pull the other students up. So... But they've been, playing this, they, they've been playing the same game on the other side, though. Oh, so, 100%. Because yeah. with, with magnet schools, and most people know what a magnet school is, but people who haven't been near a magnet program don't know it's it's a school within a school. It is, the, yes. The, the kids that get taken to a magnet school in southwest Atlanta to improve the, the overall scores for that school are not interacting with the kids from southwest Atlanta. They're brought in for whatever, robotics program or something special. They have their own school bus. They have their own lunchtime. Uh, they don't generally interact with, with the rest of the student body. If they're just a group of really smart kids, they're going to test really well and bring the overall score up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, like you said, this is not over, but it's at least over until next January of 24. So the only way I think this gets revived like you said, these representatives go home and they hear enough public outcry from their constituents to let them know that they don't support their view on, on voting no on a school choice bill. All right. So uh, sports betting never seems to go away and it never seems to get passed. <laughs> no, I don't even think there was a vote on it this year. I don't think it made it out of committee. It didn't. Um, sports betting went down in flames. Elimination of runoff elections, which I was really hoping we would get to. 
This is more providing another way where we don't have these long drawn out runoffs, but that didn't go anywhere this year. Uh, the mental health bill. Yeah, so this was really part of Speaker Ralston's legacy. Uh, Speaker Ralston's last year, they passed a big, uh, really omnibus mental health care bill. And then this year, Representative or Chairman Todd Jones from up in the Atlanta area was adding on to the bill that was passed last year. And this got stuck in the Senate and never came up for a vote. So I know, I know Representative Jones was very disappointed in this. It just continued to add on to the some of the mental health stipulations that came down last year. Uh, anti-Semitism bill. Yeah, look, I don't like hate crime bills. I don't, I don't think I voted no on the original hate crime bill in Georgia. I don't think you can, it's hard to infer intent, but this was a bill that passed the house. And again, never got a vote in the Senate. This was a bill basically that said, if you targeted uh, Jewish people, then there would be enhanced penalties to your sentence. So it was add, really adding on to the hate crime legislation that was passed a couple of years ago in Georgia. Yeah, look, I'm with you. I don't. I, I think hate crime legislation is uh, disingenuous at best. I do too. Yep, that's, uh, that's my thoughts exactly. Moronic at worst, uh, creating separate classes of victims. Um, the tenant protection bill uh, would have capped uh, deposits and insured. Uh, Landlords kept rental homes fit to live in. Yeah, so a bill by Republicans in the House, uh, this bill would have ensured that a tenant uh, was only charged. Uh, part of that was saying that your rental deposit can only be two months worth of rent. And then it was uh, also saying that, uh, that the landlord had to keep that rental home in certain conditions or you could actually get out of your uh, agreement better or quicker. So that, that, that bill didn't pass, but it was an interesting bill. Look, I think government needs to manage the government and private citizens need to manage private affairs, but this was a bill really aimed at getting down into the weeds on tenant-landlord agreements. Right. They, that, that's a civil function. It they is. Have, uh, government has no place in it. If you agree to, to rent a dump, you rented a dump. Hey, look, I, I agree. I know, I know that doesn't I, sound right, but that's that's the way exactly how I feel about it. Also, is this a contract between an individual and a business, or two individuals? And what I was going to say is, no matter how bad a home looks to you or to me, uh, where we are in life, that home is a blessing to somebody. Somebody who can't afford two thousand dollars a month can afford seven dollars a month. Yep. Maybe the maybe the blinds are you know are are paper blinds, and and uh, it's. Not in the best condition, but it's 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 a roof over your head, and it's what you can afford while while you're while you're building up. We we have this idea, especially coming from the left, that everybody should 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 make a million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there should be no minimum wage jobs, and that everybody should live in a mansion. Well, that's that's not how it works. No, not at all. You know. It, and when you, when you when everybody has the same level of housing, your most people's housing isn't brought up. Everybody's standard of living is brought down. Right. And we see this we see this in China. We we've we've seen it we've seen it with the with the Soviet Union. We we see how the people live, and that's what happens when governments start controlling rent. Mm-hmm. All right, Kenny, you got a, you got a closing thought? Yeah, I mean, I know the session just wrapped up, but uh, two things for me, I, I think. 
Fulton Moore over in the Senate did a great job in his first year as senator. He voted no on uh, a lot of bills he should have voted no on, so he didn't go along with the Republicans just to go along. He really exercised uh, a very small government view. And over in the House, Charlize Bird did a great job. It's her, I think she's a retread, and I'm not saying that in a bad way, but she came back in last year. She represents part of Cherokee County. And she voted no on the budget and was the lone no vote on a lot of other legislation. So we need more Coltons and we need more Charlises. What happens is the longer they stay up there, they start just laying on the, on the, on the yes button. Yeah, they do lay on the yes button. Yeah. But I I really appreciate that the freshman representative and Senator for doing such a good job this year. Well, good. We have two shining stars. Uh, State Department uh, is urging Americans to get the hell out of Russia uh, to avoid travel to the Russian Federation and if if they're there to get out as soon as possible. This comes after uh, the Russians arrested a, uh, a journalist who was working for uh, the Wall Street Journal and accused him of espionage. So uh, we we found this out when we paid off Russia for Brittany Griner. Um, if we were going to release a, a, an arms dealer, you thought we could have gotten some arms out of out of the deal. But uh, we see what happens when you when you bribe terrorists. So, on that happy news, on behalf of Eric Cumbie, our editor, who has got to do some work for us this week. Uh, Ken Poland, my partner since ever. I'm Dave Roberts. We'll talk to you next week. Catch me howling at the moon